Welcome back to Bike Chats with an Expat. I'm Lacey, an expat. Throughout this podcast, I've been sharing a lot about some of the tricky things as we've lived abroad and life as an expat, and I think it's about time we talk about some of the wonderful things about living abroad, and specifically living in Japan. So I think I'm going to have to make this a regular series because when I had the idea of talking about, like, say, three things I love about Japan, my brain kind of went haywire trying to sort through the very, very many things that I love about living here. So hopefully this is the first installment of a long series of things that I love about living here. All right, so here it goes. Three things I love about living in Japan. One, the general safety. Two, the kindness of others. And three, the food. Let's talk first about general safety. Okay, so safety here is just totally different than it was in the States. I lived in Oklahoma, which is a pretty safe spot, um, especially compared with major cities in the U.S., But there are still safety issues like theft and gun control and things like that. I didn't really feel safe at night to walk around my neighborhood, for instance, um, or go to certain places, of course. And it's not like everywhere in Japan is safe, but there's just a different sense of safety here that is different than what I experienced in Oklahoma. And I love Oklahoma, but man, it has been surprising living in Japan to not feel like I need to have my hand on my purse every single time I walk by every single person. <laughs> or, you know, if I hear a loud crash or a really loud bang of sorts. Actually, for about a year, it took me about a year to remember that guns are pretty rare in Japan. And so, whereas in Oklahoma, if I, you hear a loud crash or a loud bang, Like, there's a a real honest chance that it's a gunshot, and that's just different here. And I've really enjoyed the safer side of things out here in Japan. Just a couple of examples. Once I left my wallet in a taxi, we got it back. The hardest thing was to figure out which taxi it was in, but we kind of assumed that we would get it back. My husband has left his phone on the train maybe a couple of times now, and he's got it back. A lot of people sleep on the train and nobody's digging through their bags. Um, Really, your biggest risk is that everything's going to fall out of your bag more than somebody taking things from you. I've noticed on trains, people generally tend to like either not bother one another or look out for each other, kind of a mix of both. And so if somebody's sleeping on the train or even like uh, you'll see people kind of passed out in the park every now and then, they're just kind of left alone to go on with life after they're done with their nap. It's a really special part of Japanese culture, and I want to do what I can to contribute to that part of society. I'm not entirely sure how to do that other than to just not steal stuff from people when they're asleep on the train. Um, But, you know, I guess I can at least do that. Secondly, I really love the kindness of others here. Kindness is expressed pretty differently than it is in the States. Like, for example, you're not just going to sit and chat with the cashier about your day and how it's going. The doctor isn't going to ask you a lot of personal questions. You know, they're kind of there to get the job done and take care of you in a professional manner. And maybe it's not like super professional. I don't know if that's the right word, but um, it's, it's certainly not a personal connection. And that was really hard for me to get used to coming from Oklahoma, where you chat with everybody all the time. But it's grown on me, too. Turns out I can still be kind to a cashier, even without telling her everything about my day and why I chose the grape-flavored gum instead of the mint-flavored gum and that kind of thing. I Yeah, I had to come a long way, though, to realize that small talk is not universal for kindness. (laughs) 
remembering names and birthdays is like a superhero power that people seem to have. And it's really important to not forget names, uh, which is really hard when you're learning a bunch of names that you've never even heard before. So that's been something really tricky, I think, because I want to show people I'm kind, but man, I have a hard time remembering names. Oh, and another thing, you don't really use the word you in a sentence, right? Like, hey, do you want to go to the park? You need to use somebody's name because if you say you, it actually creates distance relationally. And so like you need to know people's names whenever you're talking to them. And it's been a challenge and something I'm really looking forward to getting better at is remembering people's names. I've noticed that people also remember birthdays really well, and maybe you've only mentioned it in conversation once or something like that, but and I don't know if they remember it or if they just know to write it down and so they can remember it. I'm kind of curious because it feels like people are really, really good at remembering names and birthdays, and it's just not something that I'm very good at. So I'm kind of curious if anybody has any tips or <laughs> secrets or just be a better friend. I don't know. <laughs> One way that I got to experience kindness, and maybe this is a little bit of hospitality as well, but I had mentioned to some moms at my kids' school that I didn't know what the Japanese equivalent was to mac and cheese. Like, what do parents give their kids that they can make from a box in two minutes when they're tired at the end of a day? I was sure this existed, but at that point, all of my cooking knowledge came from like YouTube and food blogs. And so obviously they're making everything from scratch and it's really... Uh, labor intensive. Well, I don't know if it's labor intensive, but it's not boil some water and pour in some powdered cheese, you know? Um, and, and they took care of me over the next week. A few of the moms offered me multiple, super easy kind of microwave only sort of dinners. And one mom even would, um, take a picture each step of the way as she was making the dinner and add little notes or circles on the pictures to help give me instructions as she was doing it. And it was such a gift and it meant so much to me, um, that she would take her time to do that. And we have so many other examples too, like people walking out of their way, um, like way out of their way to help us find something or people taking us to the stores with them and people translating uh, or helping with paperwork. I mean, the list goes on. And so, yeah, this is just a part of the culture here that I have been so glad to get to interact with. And I'm really hopeful that my personality and my kids' personalities really grow into that too. All right, on we go. The third thing that I want to talk about today is the food of Japan. It is so good. See you next time. <laughs> Just kidding. I have more to say, of course. But I had no idea about anything in regards to the Japanese food. Actually, probably till the first time I visited, I didn't know much about Japanese cuisine. I, you know, I know about sushi and ramen and that kind of thing, but um, I had like no idea. And so having Japanese food in Oklahoma, grocery store sushi is a pretty different experience than having Japanese food in Japan. And so if you go to a restaurant that's going to serve a more traditional Japanese meal, you're going to get a really flavorful, fully rounded meal. Maybe white rice, some kind of miso soup of some sort, pickled vegetables, a smaller portion. You know, whenever they say like a, a serving of meat is, is, you know, like the size of the palm of your hand and all Americans are like, what? That's crazy. Um, here you get like an actual serving of meat. And that's all you need because you've also got probably some kind of sauteed vegetable of some sort, maybe a salad. 
often even one other thing called kimpira or some other kind of simmered vegetable. And you only maybe get a couple bites of each thing, but by the end of the meal, man, it is so filling and so delicious. And of course, there's a thousand other traditional Japanese meals that don't include all of the, these things that I just mentioned, but um, this is a pretty traditional like washoku situation. But even the you know, less quote-unquote healthy things like uh, fried chicken or fried pork. Man, they're so good. Um, the sauces that go on things, are, oh man, it's just so great. So come on out to Japan. We'll go to a restaurant together and enjoy all the things. But I think what makes it so satisfying is that there's just so many different flavors in each meal. And so you get your sour and your sweet and your salty and your fresh and everything's kind of covered in the meal. So at the end of it, you're not really wanting a giant piece of fudge cake and a big old glass of water and maybe some tummy medicine because your meal was so heavy and salty. You know, it was just really balanced and just right. Well, I can go on and on, but here we are at the end of today's episode. And I'm kind of curious uh, what you've noticed about safety and kindness and good food where you're at or if you've traveled abroad, if those things are different. So actually, if you could go on over to Instagram at Life with Lacey White, I would love to talk to you there. Ja mata. Thank you for listening to Bike Chats with an Expat. I'm Lacey, an expat. In my early days of living in Japan, I would use my short morning commute on my bicycle to call friends and family back in the States. And that time was such salve for my soul. And now I want to share that time with you, except maybe not on a bicycle because that would be a little windy. I'll see you next time. Bye.